Hello, feasters. So we're going to be covering Moses' story in the desert with the Israelites. They're going to be getting manna from heaven and quail, and they're still going to be complaining. So we're going to follow that story and see how it goes for them. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. So I watch Pretty more good. of your cat videos. I'm always fascinated with them now. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're fun, you know. They, uh, I just try to film it, you know, whenever they do something besides sleep, I film it. Um, oh, I like the other one. The one uh, was, I think it's Lulu maybe, or maybe Peanut, who's talking. Um, talking? What is he saying? Yeah, you have the, well, she was looking <laughs> off and just like, meow, talking to you. I'm not sure what she said. She probably said something good. That's maybe Lulu. Yeah. Yeah. Lulu. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. They talk to me quite a bit. They're <laughs> complaining, actually. They, yeah, they, they complain a lot. You know, they got, yes, they it. got all the, they get, they're getting mana from heaven. <laughs> I, yeah. I saw that video too. The two the cat food. Feeding them. Like, yum, yum, yeah. Yum. The cat food. They're getting mana from heaven. They, uh, but I do put them to work though. So they, uh, they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what? you know, they may, they have to make their videos. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? They do a great job with all catching all their mice that are running around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're very useful, and uh, you know, that's that's part of the deal, right? The, there's a reason that people take care of cats and dogs because there's a benefit to us, yeah. and also for them, it's it's a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty Canyon good system. There's one. I'm right thinking there. in the Great Tribulation, they're going to be bringing you rats, snakes, and lizards to eat. That's true. They'll be bringing me the mana, yeah. the rats, the rats from the uh, forest or something. Yeah, you might as well try out a recipe and see if you like it. But I have to get used to you, eating. You should teach them stuff. to bring you broccoli or something like that. No, they don't like broccoli. They don't like vegetables. <laughs> they don't see that as food. That's no. that's unclean to them. Oh, <laughs> well, well, maybe some dessert or fruit or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should start training them now for the. Well, you can't really train a cat because they do whatever they want, but you can incentivize them with food. You can kind of uh, trick them a little bit with food sometimes. Yeah. Same with people. You know, some people have trained them pretty well, though. Yeah, maybe. I used to. Yeah. You, can you walk them on a leash? There are cats who do that too. People try. I don't think mine would like it too much. Yeah. Because they're, they're used to just going outside on their own. Yeah, they're kind of. Um, they do there. sometimes when I walk around the neighborhood. Uh, they'll f follow me around, kind of almost like nice. I think they think they're dogs. Actually, my cats are more <laughs> like dogs. They all have their own personalities. So we're starting at Exodus 15. Do you want me to read and give you a break, or you feeling up to it? You could read this if you want. Yeah, this one, at least this uh, chapter. Do you want to read that? <clears throat> it's okay. a song of Moses. It's a song. Yeah. Can, can so sing song it. of Moses. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang the song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he was triumphed gloriously. He has thrown the horse and his rider into the sea. You can almost sing this one, but I'm not a singer. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He's my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariot and his army, he is thrown into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths are covered 
them, and they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send out your wrath. It consumes them like a stubble. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flowing water stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew your wind and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. In your mercy, you had led people whom you had redeemed. You had guided them by your strength to your holy dwelling. The people have heard and are afraid. Sorrow has taken hold of their inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were amazed. The mighty man of Moab trembling takes hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan are melted away. Fear and dread fall upon them by the greatness of your arm. They're still as a stone until your people pass over, O Lord. Until the people whom you have purchased pass over, you shall bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which you have made your dwelling, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord will reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and with the horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. The song of Miriam. Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the trimble in her hand, and the women went out after her with trimbles and with dancing. Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. The waters of Marah and Elium, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah... Oh, wait, 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 wait. We should stop. All Can right. we stop? Yeah. So we, yeah, so that Song of Moses, um, it's called the Song of Moses. They do that sometimes in the Bible. There's something very similar to that in, uh, in Revelation, actually. In fact, we could... Uh, do I have... I think it's Revelation... Um, 15 just for reference just for fun if you want to uh yeah yeah see you see that poem it's like a poem there right yeah and uh, now it started at the first one there just to get a context um there's a there's a lot of these kind of songs and uh it's good when the english bibles arrange it like a poem there so we can kind of tell what it is so this one here so so look at this one seven angels with seven plagues which we just you know we just had all the uh signs and wonders in uh egypt so this whole this little section here is very similar to the exodus events and then, so let's, I'll just read this right, real quick right here. Verse one, I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with seven last plagues, last because with them God's wrath is completed. So this is like the end of time uh, judgment, similar to what we saw in the last few chapters of Exodus. Yeah. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire. 
and standing beside the sea. So there's a lot of references to the sea and the, the, uh, Egypt was famous for the Nile river and that kind of stuff. And waters kind of symbolizes the chaos and the abyss. Sometimes there was references to the depths and the deep and all that kind of stuff. And this is possibly, you know, people in heaven, people who have been killed, actually the, the martyred saints in heaven, possibly who, um, who are up here on the sea of glass, which might be kind of the, uh, up there in the sky somewhere in uh, heaven, stand beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name, right? Yeah. The mark of the beast, that kind of stuff, which, uh, which was uh, chapter 13 and uh, 14 to a certain extent. And I think in 14, there, a lot of people were killed in chapter 14. So these people, they were victorious. How were they victorious? What do you mean? They overcame Satan. They were killed. They were killed yeah. by by not taking the mark of the beast. Right. But there but isn't that defeat though? When you get killed, isn't that a defeat? No, that's back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people look at death as something negative, right? Because it hurts. You don't know what the outcome is gonna be or how. It's not like you just go to sleep and just wake up with God. There's always something pain involved. I can understand that, but their victory is really, they ended up with God, and they ended up defeating. Kind of like the Israelites. Yeah. Right? So this is a victory song they're singing in Revelation in heaven after getting martyred. And then, you know, we just read a victory song after getting rescued out of uh, Egypt. Yeah. And, um, and this, all right. So they held harps given to them, given them by God, and sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. It's a different song. It's a slightly different song, actually, but it's they call it the Song of Moses right here. In and it's kind of the same kind of thing, you know, great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name, for you alone are holy, all nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. That's about it. And then they now they're about to unleash the, uh, the plagues on the world at the final end times judgment. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So I guess you have to be <laughs> with God right here to see all this. That would be nice. So that's a good connection between some. Anyway, yeah, yeah, just a quick reference there. And then there's probably a few other things. Um, chapter Exodus, go back to Exodus 15. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a victory song, right? They yeah. kind of recap, it kind of uh, repeats what just happened. Who Verse 11 who is like you or Lord among oh, the gods? So they're um, little gods again. Yeah, and the the Hebrew there is Elohim, uh, which is similar to Elohim, I guess, but uh, the plural of El. Plural, so I, I you know, think they El, were referring El. to all the Egyptian gods, like who is like you or Lord among. Yeah, or any gods. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I think maybe are they referring to people's idea of a god? You know, because sometimes people will worship something thinking it's a god, but it's not really a god. Um, and then it also may be referencing the you know the principalities and powers and all that stuff. Seems. At that time, they must have seen a lot of supernatural stuff. Either way, you know. And then I think having God victory over all of those other supernatural things of false gods like now they're recognizing yeah. there's one true god yeah 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 so so uh, yeah they are acknowledging there are other but these small g gods are not in the same category as 
no god right? yeah they're, they're they're created beings or and um well, but so it's, it's similar to re- to the resurrection as well that jesus has similar language uh, i'll just read it you don't have to go to there but uh, 1 Peter 3.22 says, Who Jesus has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. So Jesus is king, you know, basically uh, king of the world. Angels, authorities, and powers are subjected to him, similar to what it's saying there, I think. Well, um, we kind of already established that Jesus is Yahweh. I think we went Well, through- yeah, the Trinity... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, remember he said, uh, before Abraham was, I am. Right, knowing that now, that Jesus is Yahweh, so basically <laughs> all his powers are the same from what Yahweh is doing here, and then when he came into the flesh, doing all the miracle signs and wonders, is Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is the kind of the, you know, the first exodus, and Israel, the Israelites are kind of like a new Adam. But yeah. there's a whole bunch of them, you know, there's a, they're kind of becoming a nation now. And I do have another connection that I just made this week. Um, if you go to Jude, the book of Jude, which is only one chapter, written by Jesus' half-brother, whose name was actually Judas, but um, go to verse 5. Now, we've looked at this book a few times already. Verse 5 is pretty interesting. Uh, Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord... Oh, okay. Click on that C there, that little note there. Some early manuscripts say Jesus. And actually, the the uh, the ESV says Jesus, I believe. Either way, though, either way, see, look, at, look above it in verse 4. It says, the end of that verse 4, a license for immorality, deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. They are, it says, they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is our Lord. So either way, I think, if he says Lord here or Jesus, some it's a textual variant. You know about those? Some, some Greek manuscripts say Jesus. Some say Kyrios, which is Lord. The Greek, the Greek, it's not an English translation issue. It's a Greek manuscript issue here. But either way, it is pointing to Jesus, right? Whether you say the word Lord or Jesus, they just said Jesus is Lord right there. So, Yeah, I mean, at least following the previous paragraph. Yeah, in context, yeah. It, it looks like uh, it's talking about Jesus, right? So anyway, this verse 5 says, I want to remind you that Jesus, or Lord, at one time delivered his people out of Egypt. But yeah, later destroyed go. those who did not believe. So like, like the ESV, it literally says... Uh, I don't know what the King James says, but it says Jesus in the English. Jesus did the was there at the Exodus, really? You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, so this ended up being the NIV, so which I normally oh, get. that's NIV. Yeah. Ah, well, that explains it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's I think that's the most popular Bible. Which one were Jude. we throwing? Well, anyone. Let me see what the, the ESV. The King James version also. ESV is what does King James say? Lord. Uh, oh, that's interesting. pretty much the same. The Lord okay. and also that's interesting. Our Jesus Christ. So that's a second reference. that. Yeah. Go, to, go to the ESV just so we can see it. See, it says Jesus right there, right? And then there's also a little footnote there. Same thing, right? Um, and there's a lot of footnotes. Some manuscripts yeah. say the Lord. Yeah. So, you know, they'll, they'll point it out at least. And it's... Uh, well, this is just one yeah. more evidence that what we've already said, that Yahweh, Jesus is one and the same. And to me, when I read Lord, Jesus, or Yahweh, it's all the same to me. It's just using different names. This verse, I think if you needed like evidence or a verse that it's 
Yahweh and Jesus are one of the same, I think this would also be proof, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, they do, some scholars think that Jesus is probably what it actually read originally, and then somebody ch changed it to Lord or something, because, you know, they may have been confused. Sometimes the even the scribes, you know, because they had to hand copy all these Greek manuscripts. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the scribes would be like, what does that mean? And they're trying to clarify it, or they... You know, there, I mean, there's just a few things like that once in a while. But um, so anyway, um, and then, you know, what else I was thinking, you know, that that angel of the Lord. And this is something I was kind of studying this uh, week <clears throat> about the Holy Spirit and all that. I wonder if the angel of the Lord is similar to the Holy Spirit somehow. I think there's so. a connection. Like an external version of the Holy Spirit. It's the, And we're going to see the angel of the Lord Except quite a bit. Angel of the Lord with external, the Holy Spirit lives yeah. inside of believers, right? But 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 where's the angel of the Lord now, and where was the Holy Spirit back then? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it used to be the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament times. Yeah, they didn't really talk about the Holy because the Holy Spirit came after Jesus uh, resurrected right. and at Pentecost. Maybe the angel of the Lord was kind of a typology or a you know, a, a, a shadow of things to come. Right. And then the Holy, maybe the Holy Spirit is the angel of the Lord inside of us. Yes, but we've also established that angel of the Lord is Yahweh. I think we Yeah, but, but the Holy Spirit is also part of the Trinity too. Yes. It's Jesus. Well, See, Jesus, Jesus is our advocate. He died right before he died. He said, or, you know, before he uh, ascended to heaven, he said, I will send a, I will send a paracletos. I will send a helper, an advocate, a counselor, a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. I will send you guys a Holy Spirit while I'm gone up in heaven. Kind of related to Jesus somehow. It's well, part of the Trinity. So. I think we haven't found the verse yet for connection to Jesus is also the Holy Spirit. But, but so far, yeah. if you go angel of the Lord equals Yahweh. Yahweh equals Jesus, right? Yeah. So it's all the same, one God so far. So the only one left is, like, does the Holy Spirit <laughs> equal? Well, that's that's the main trinity, though, right? Father, yeah. Son, Holy Spirit. And then we came across this angel of the Lord, and, like, where, where, does, where does that fit in? Maybe that fits in in the Holy Spirit uh, category. Maybe. But I think we would have to see some verse like that that makes it, yeah, well, it's not so clear. I just thought of that idea, though. Yeah. At, at least there's some. Well, you're not wrong. Connection. I'm just, saying it's yeah. yeah, it is Yahweh. It is Yahweh, but it's kind of like the Holy Spirit back then. You know what I mean? Forms, right? Similar, similar, uh, doing similar things, helping people, also kind of uh, judging the uh, unbelievers as well. Um, it's similar. There's, there's there's some relationship there that I just don't. I you just think kinda, the Trinity actually is just a different form of God, the same God? I mean, knowing all these scriptures now. Yeah. You have the angel of the Lord, which manifested in different ways on earth, right? Mm, in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a different form. And we already know that's Yahweh. So Yahweh came down as a fire or person or whatever. And then we know that he allowed God to come as flesh, which is really himself in a different form. It's kind of like yeah. ice, yeah, yeah, water, steam, kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's but it's still the same water; it's just different form. 
And then the Holy Spirit only came after Jesus died. And it was came now as a spirit that could dwell in people, like like possession in a way, right? So that's something all the other previous forms were not able really to do. Not exactly. Really. Yeah. Well, this all is right. like anyway. this connection. Um, so we're this and then um, another interesting thing would be Exodus fifteen twenty. It says uh, Miriam is Moses's sister. She's a prophetess, a female prophet. So they had they, and there's quite a few throughout the uh, Bible, a yeah. few uh, female prophets. You know, just you know something to be aware of. Uh, Which is good. That means um, she had an important role in a job, right? Yeah. She wasn't to stay quiet yeah. and do nothing. She was singing. She was she was had a tambourine. Uh, there you go. And she was singing <laughs> about God. She's singing. Yeah, she wasn't. Uh, she didn't have to shut up. Right. <laughs> see, that's what I love to see all these verses because later on it goes a little nutty. And right here, you know, God allows all the women that's come in, all the characters that come in so far. He's given them blessings. He's allowed them to work. This one is involved spiritually because you have to be a spiritual prophetess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's one more, um, Ezekiel 29. This is another um, verse, I think. It's about Egypt. It's kind of an interesting related. You know, there's this concept of uh, how Egypt is kind of, uh, you know, associated with the uh, the dragon. We saw the word dragon in there. Yeah. And the Nile is kind of the, you know, the river with, um, but well, let's just read this starting at um, uh, verse three, I guess we could say. Uh, so this is a prophecy against Egypt. Now this is, uh, what is this? Ezekiel. So this is written much later after the exit, you know, maybe a thousand years after the Exodus event. So it could be talking about a different Pharaoh, but it's still talking about Egypt. So it says, I am against you. Another kind of poem kind of thing. I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon yeah. that lies in the midst of his rivers, right? That's kind of an interesting uh, phrase there, the dragon. Which, uh, you know, dragon is associated with uh, Satan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Satan's called a dragon. Remember the church you know? lady from the Saturday night skit? Mm -hmm. Saturday night Live. Yeah. So I always remember that. Yeah, yeah, the great dragon. So Pharaoh here is associated with the great dragon that lies in the midst of his rivers uh so you know it could be you know that like who is like you among the gods well here's another reference to the gods of egypt pharaoh and also this dragon which is probably some kind of evil spiritual entity as well which is said my nile is my own and i myself had made it mm -hmm. rulers who thought there were gods you know they claimed like they created the nile river yeah i see those same kind like, of people now oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's true we yeah. do have some people like this don't we yeah, yeah like an antichrist who proclaims himself to be god that's in that you know sometimes they might say say it out loud that but they might also just demonstrate that they're they start acting like god and start trying yeah, to genetically modify mosquitoes oh yeah <laughs> crazy the genetic engineering that it's so scary what they've done but they don't have any qualms about it whatsoever so they must think they're gods they they have to think that there's no god yeah. No fear for them. That's true. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be the gods. Anyway, that, that's probably enough of that. We can just it goes on and on. But that uh, 
just a little connection there with the uh, the waters and the dragon and the pharaoh and Ezekiel. So they're thrown into the sea at the end of that song. The horse and his rider, he is thrown into the sea, right? The sea is kind of like the flood type of imagery as well. Well, they're singing right after they just got to the other side of the river, right? They just got saved. So this is yeah, a yeah. song of victory. Yeah. Victory song is a victory lap. Yeah, and they're giving a lot of details as to how the pharaoh went down in the river. So they're kind of giving more detail to what happened than the previous chapter. 22? Uh, yeah. The waters of Mara and Elam. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. So the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which he had thrown into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. This is kind of interesting. I like this. This is actually giving us information on what makes the water taste better. Like, you know, the streams and the rivers, they naturally have a lot of tree debris and rocks and other stuff in it anyway. And all of that actually cleans the water, like it filters and then I'm guessing it'll make it good to taste, you know. Oh, he threw a tree into the, he threw a, like a log into the water. Yeah, and that that's what made it sweet. Huh. Interesting. So you know, yeah, um, next time you go out in the wilderness and the water doesn't taste so good. Okay. Hmm. What were you going to say? I have another cross-reference verse. One, 1 Corinthians 10. Yep, and we're just going to start at verse 1. All right, so this relates directly, we'll see soon. I would not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, I don't think we've seen the cloud. Well, no, we did see the cloud. The cloud was the angel of the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, kind of covered in a cloud. So this is a talking about what we just read, basically, and um, baptized into Moses and in the sea, right? So there's this idea. Remember, we saw the flood was kind of seen as a baptism. And oh, now yeah. walking through the sea, we're baptized. By baptized into, the into Moses. And yeah, into kind of. Um, and in the sea. And then you hear the cloud is the spirit, right? So the right. angel or the uh, the angel of Yahweh, like yeah. the spirit in the water. And, and you right. see that later on in the New Testament, which is, you know, water and the spirit, right? Baptized yeah. in water and spirit and that kind of stuff. So and, how do you and get all, baptized in spirit, though? I always kind of wonder. Well, that's the main point. That's the whole point. The 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 evidence, if you've really been baptized, is you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's that's kind of what's a common theme in in the New Testament. Um, it's an inner thing. You know, you've been uh, you you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's that's how they knew that um, the but Holy I Spirit had come. Sure. That's how they knew. You know, when they started out, the all these Gentiles were getting the Holy Spirit, which they've never seen before. Yeah, and that's how they knew like something was going on. It was a new age uh, or a new era. Um, how do and, like today uh, you and I would know if we have the Holy Spirit in us or not? Well, sometimes it's very profound, um, and I think it was in the first century. I think at first it was like yeah. very evident, maybe maybe more so than it is now for a lot of people. But because um, it was kind of the new thing, like it had to be very direct and dramatic, so they knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, I don't like think it was very subtle. Right. You know, I've had I've had an experience which was not subtle at all. You know, like mm -hmm. there's sometimes where it's just like, whoa, 
what is going on here? <laughs> and uh, but most most days are not like that, right? Most days are like, you know, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. What's going? On? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I've ever had any supernatural uh, experiences like that. Um, maybe someday. It's yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, but either way, they they're kind of short term anyway. I mean, it'll even if you do have one, it's not going to last because because um, you can't really function and it's it's like too intense, you know. And well, uh, I remember like the Book of Acts where they were baptized or they had faith and then still yet they did not receive the Holy Spirit or baptizing in the Holy Spirit and then. It finally came upon them, the disciples, yeah. and then they yeah. felt amazing after that. And then they, it wasn't just a feeling, but they also were able to carry out the acts of yeah. miracle yeah. stuff that Jesus was able to do. And he said, you guys are even going to do it better than me, you know, like something like that. That So they, yeah. the initial disciples, they were doing miraculous healings and yeah. um, all kinds of stuff. But that's something that in my lifetime I've never seen anybody do that. Um, I mean, there are people who they the charismatic movements and all that. There are certain churches that really get into that, and sometimes you know I don't know if it's they're just putting on a show. It gets a little sketchy because then it's like everyone's acting like they're in the state of euphoria and they're yeah they're like convulsing and stuff, and yeah, it gets a no, little I weird. Don't you know, any of that. Yeah, my my aunt was into that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I don't think you need any of that. All I'm saying is that yeah. once you get the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you should be able, as a body of Christ, you should be able to perform the same kind of stuff for others, like healing, gift of healing, and all those there, other Yeah, things. yeah. I mean, it, it does happen. Healing, these things do happen. Yeah. So then all ate the same spiritual food, right? That's the mana that's coming up soon in the yeah. next chapter, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all drank the same spiritual drink and we're gonna so we just you know they just drank some water now but they're gonna have other other events about you know drinking the spiritual water out of a rock right mm -hmm. and they yeah. they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ yeah so the spiritual rock that followed them i think is be the angel of god again right the angel of yahweh the cloud spiritual, this you know? is the third time is saying <laughs> the rock was Christ. Yeah, is Christ. But, yeah. but with many of them, God was not well pleased, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. That's talking about the Israelites, the disobedient yeah. Israelites. And so. the spiritual rock, for they drank of the spiritual rock. It's also symbology of what Moses did to crack that rock open to get the water. Yeah. Um, and basically yeah, and saying that that spiritual rock is also Christ. Yeah, so it's not really about the water necessarily. No. Remember, in Jesus at the well, he said something like, uh, "You know, you will never thirst again with the water I'm going to give yeah, you." Yeah, living like water. That. Yeah. And then let's just read verse six, uh, the last one. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted, about idolatry and stuff. Uh, oh, then verse ten. Let's skip down to verse ten. Neither murmur as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Remember the destroyer, right? Yeah. So you know, maybe that's the angel of God while he's when he's angry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 you 
he's like the incredible hulk you know he's, <laughs> that's he's, funny. but but that's talking about killing israelites maybe they got the incredible yeah. hulk from that idea so again <laughs> we're talking about angel of the lord equals yahweh equals christ so can equals destroyer right yeah something like that yeah some connection going on there um <laughs> And okay. that kind of, uh, it's kind of a foreshadow of what's coming up with the mana and stuff. So I didn't, I don't know if that's the best place to look at that verse or not, but uh, anyway. No, that was good. You made connections that Christ is also here in this chapter. So there he made them a statute and an ordinance, and there he tested them. He said, Ooh. if you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, and keep all the statutes, I will not afflict you with any disease for which I have afflicted the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So I have a huge question here. If you follow God's commands, he won't give you any diseases. Is that fair to read? No. Um, no. 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 Okay, I would just... <laughs> uh, let's see here. No, I, I would say that's going a little too far. Um, yeah. So some diseases, but not the same diseases? I will, well, I will not give you the disease that I gave the Egyptians, right? Which we're probably talking about the plagues or something like yeah. that. Or and the judgments, the, the yeah. you know, going to hell, like that kind of thing. It might be more of a, a bigger picture than that. Um, for I'm the Lord who heals you. Um, let's see. I am Yahweh, your your doctor. Um <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I'm the. I don't. I don't think it's going. I don't think it's that literal. I don't think it's that specific and literal necessarily. It's more like you know, I'm I'm your protector, and he does. That's what he's. So so really, think about the context of this. And in fact, uh, at the at the at the end of verse 25, which we can see on the top of this paragraph, he tested them. Right. Yeah. So this is very. This tested that the the whole thing is that he's testing them. He's going to keep testing them to see what. What's he testing them for? Obedience. To see, yeah, exactly. Obedience, yeah, to see if they're going to uh, so that, walk in that, his commandments and statues. If you apply um, to beyond these Israelites and you know the six hundred thousand questionable people that are out there with him, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you yeah. apply it broader than that, wouldn't it imply that God is a healer because He says so? Uh, he's a healer, right? Yeah. Um, and he came down as Jesus to heal a lot of people. That was his miracles. So he yeah. obviously can protect people from not getting sick or getting healed. Is that well? To, to be healed, you have to first be sick. You get sick and then you're healed. If you don't get sick, you don't have to be healed. But look, look at the top though of verse twenty six. It says, "If it's conditional, if if you are obedient, if." If you're yeah. obedient, I'll heal you. If not, I won't. <laughs> but it's also said, afflict you with diseases. That means I will not afflict you with diseases. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, I think people can still get a disease that it's not inflicted by. Uh, although we do see see in this in this desert wandering, you're going to see people who are you're going to see disobedient people get a disease. You're going to actually see that. Yeah, because they were disobedient. They got the disease. Yeah. So yeah. My point is, is all illness related to some sort of disobedience? Maybe. 
Maybe that's what I mean. Many people believe that and have believed. Well, that. I don't want to believe that, that. Well, did the original that did the original readers believe that? Probably. I think that's did they believe? See, first of all, we look at the original context, the what they thought, what the writers believed, what the people who read it originally would have believed and understood it, and then we understand it that. for ourselves. No, no, that's very important though. Reading the Bible, it was written three thousand well, I mean, three thousand years ago. Yeah, but it's written for every generation, every reader. Yeah, but well, first, first we have to get the original context, and then we can unpack it for ourselves. Though we can't, if we see, because if you just go to it with in 2023, we're gonna miss what it's really saying. Because it, it wasn't written today, though it wasn't written last year. It was written in oh, a certain okay. time and place. It is for everybody, yeah. but it, it was written in a certain time and place. So that's part of the process is to understand the original meaning, what it meant and what it means. Sometimes it's exactly the same, but sometimes we can understand what it means better if we understand what it originally meant. Um, okay, so the know. original meaning when he's being telling... Well, the worldview people had back then was probably exactly what you're talking about. God causes yeah. disease and God heals and it's that's all it is, you know. So, keeping that in mind, well, do you believe that first? Because we can't really... Well, I don't know if that's what this is saying. I think we'll uh, see more. I think it will... See, this is going to happen. What's What he just kind of warned about. Yeah. If you listen to the voice, if you you know, if you know, do these things, I will not afflict you with disease. But then we're going to see him actually affli afflicting people with disease. Yeah. And we're going to see him healing people. And, and at the end of Revelation... There's waters that heal people. Big picture is at the end of the in the real kingdom of God, the final version of it. It says uh, Revelation twenty two, start at verse one. There, <clears throat> then he showed me a pure river of the water of life. See, there's this water again, right? River clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on each side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Healing right there. Well, I know he has a power to heal because he's already demonstrated that on earth and going to on heaven, which there'll be no more sickness and no more death, no more pain. But I, I think what I'm really curious about here is one that he has a power to afflict a disease and he also has a power to heal you right those two are he does people people at, at the church i go to they pray for healing for people every day but there is a guy in a wheelchair I'll tell you this though they were they were about to cut off his legs like a couple of weeks ago and then last week he said you know what they don't have to cut my legs off anymore oh that's good <laughs> He's still in a wheelchair, though. But then so why not you know, God just heal his legs completely? I don't know. See that? Not everyone. You know, maybe like, he's not. Maybe he's not. Uh, maybe well, if he's all diseases punished. come from God, then it's like he gives it to you, but then he heals you. So it's like demonstrating. Well, there's a lot of questions. It's not going to be answered right now, but it is curiosity. I mean, God, God's healed me of some things. I know, and. Uh, not others. I'm in. I have chronic pain all over the place now. Um, well, getting worse. I can barely I walk always, right now because I'm a product of medical treatment from birth till now, <laughs> and I've gone through a lot of medical stuff. But then yeah. I always ask the same question: Why? <laughs> like, 
You know? Well, why not? I mean, because we're we have our mortal human bodies. First of all, we see we still have even if our, our spirit has been regenerated. You know, they talk about being born again and all this. We still have yet to get our our everlasting bodies that will live forever. This body we're in is not going to live forever. That well, there's that still more to come. There's still more. See, that's why I looked at Revelation because I'm looking. There's still more to come. But then we're, we're not in afflicted. the perfect. We're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. Yeah, I'm thinking of two kinds of diseases. The one that you do to yourself, right? Like if you jump off a cliff, you get hurt. And then you need healing from that. And then the other kind of healing that you had no control over, like cancer and other stuff, or maybe the body just is broken down and it creates its own diseases and then God heals you, rather than God allowing that cancer to happen and then you end up getting healed. But okay. everyone dies, though. Everyone who's ever lived has died. So how were they healed? Okay. Well, at, at some point, they're not healed, right? They die. Well, that's but we're yeah, healed. Yeah. You know. They die of diseases or old age. <laughs> at, at some point, not well. That, but old age is part. You know, like it's decaying, usually some yeah, disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're gonna see. We're gonna see um, more of that. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I think that's taking it out of context, maybe a little bit. If you say, "Oh, you know, we should never get sick because people are gonna die still." So well, really this matter. affliction of disease is tied to disobedience. That that's yeah, what, we're definitely going to see. Well, and, and notice it just said he tested them. He tested them, and then he gave this little talk right there. Yeah. So the testing. I'm really interested in this testing idea because we're going to see that a lot, and that's something you don't hear too much about. But that yeah. throughout the whole Bible, there's all this thing about testing us. God is testing us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we fail. We always fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll finish the last sentence, and then it's your turn to read. Uh, oh, then no. they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, and they camped there by the waters. Hmm. Again, those numbers, 12 and 70, which, you know, maybe they yeah, mean something. Maybe. And also another thing, too, you know, there's a lot of debate about the actual uh, route they went on and the actual sea they crossed. You know, was it the Red Sea or was it... Some people say it was like the marshy wetlands, a little bit no. north of the Red Sea and all that. Yeah, yeah, because because when you read it, it sounds like it was very deep. It was like this big, major, this whole miraculous song just thing. told us. Yeah, they, they didn't just walk across a swamp, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> read this song again. Where is it? Yeah. The people are always trying to uh, minimize the miracles, so it's something to watch out for, you know. And it says it's the Red Sea. Why don't we just read a little bit of it again? The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The Pharaoh's mm, chariot yeah, yeah. is his army. He is thrown into the sea. He has chosen captains also and are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. So it's not a marsh. And that's that's kind of like you know that's very similar to what we see at the end of Revelation with the uh, you know Satan being thrown into the lake of fire, right? Yeah, it's very like that's judgment kind of language, you know, um, extreme. Even judgment. more like how deep this thing was. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and the flowing water stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. So it sounds pretty deep to me. No? 
Yeah, and it's also kind of almost referencing the abyss or something like that. It's um, you know this kind of language. It's it's like it's very similar to um, Genesis one, where see the first act of creation was a type of uh, military operation overcoming the abyss. That's literally what it says, basically. First couple of verses of uh, Genesis one. You blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead. In the mighty waters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mighty no, see, waters. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I believe it was the Red Sea. But, Red um, Sea, but it, something very significant water, body of water, not like yeah. shallow or marsh or Exactly, anything. yeah, not a little lake or something yeah. or a canal. Even a, some people say there was some kind of, uh, and there may have been a, a canal on the border of Egypt, but yeah, it's bigger than that. And, uh, and also there's, you know, about where they go from now. Where are they going exactly? But I, I, I stick with the traditional view. They went down to the bottom of the uh, Sinai Peninsula, which we looked yeah. at the map a couple days it's ago. You um, stretch out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. So they're like yeah. way deep somewhere. Yeah, right. they're coming. And also, yeah, yeah. He overcame the gods of Egypt and the people who serve those gods as so well. So this is an awesome chapter with manna and quail which is the theme of my artwork for this podcast. So your turn. Oh, okay. Exodus 16, then they set out from Elim and all the congregation of the children of Israel. I like how they say children of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. um, came to the wilderness of Sin, <laughs> which is between Elim and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now the children of Israel said to them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> wow, what, what gratitude. I know, he's <laughs> saying the song. I quickly so forget. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, what about that song? Yeah. What happened to that? Before I forget, <laughs> I remember something from the last uh, podcast. We were talking about the right hand, and oh, not the right hand, but the hand and the forehead, spiritual mark that God was putting on them. What I remembered was the why he chose the hand. He said because it was God's strong hand that led them out of Egypt. So that's a significant of the mm. not yeah. necessarily them working. It was God's hand leading them out. So that's why they chose the hand. The forehead was the memory of God. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the the, the hand is kind of God acting in this world, doing stuff. Yeah, it um, was specifically the strong hand. So it was Yeah, there's military and, and they just referenced, you know, in that last God Yahweh comes as a warrior now. Right. So it's and this, this continues their work, you know, like we were talking about, that it could be related to them working, but it's not about that. It's actually about God leading them out yeah. and then them remembering God. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remembering. It's all about remembering what yeah. God did for them, kind of like what Jesus did for us. Right. We, we didn't do it. Yeah. The spiritual mark is really about God, not us. And then the spiritual yeah. mark will be about Satan and not us, except obedience. You know, that's who you're going to obey. That makes sense. So, yeah, so here they're complaining, and yeah. uh, 
yeah, they just got set free from slavery, but they think that it might have been better. And, you know, similar things are happening today as well, right? Yeah, it looks like it doesn't take long to forget God's grace. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, God saves us from something. And then, you know, like say even God heals you from something, then you just kind of get on with your life and forget about it, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and we start to expect it, like, you know, what has God done for me lately? And God hasn't done enough for me, you know? <laughs> What's something wrong with God? But, well, maybe there's something wrong with us, too, you know? Well, that's for yeah. sure. We're definitely broken. Um, and, and keep in mind, though, these Israelites, they don't, they're still, they are like children, right? They yeah. don't know God yet very well at all. And so, you know, I could probably see myself doing a similar thing. You know, I guess so. if they were hungry and thirsty, that's probably a natural reaction, right? And it's a test. See, God doesn't, he's, everything happens in real time to them, and they don't know the end of the story. They don't know anything, and um, it's all happening, and they're going to get all these, you know, they're now they're actually hungry. They don't know that mana is going to come from heaven. They don't know right. that. They don't know that's even possible. They have no idea. They don't have the script, you know? God was just testing them to see how long they could go hungry. They're being tested. Yeah, it's a real-time mm-hmm. test, and they don't know how it's going to end. So it right. they, they do react kind of naturally and almost normally, as you might expect a human being to react. Do you think that's what uh, the fasting is kind of related to this scenario here? Could be. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. let go and then be with God, and then he'll just provide after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then... Um, Then the Lord said to Moses, Indeed, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain amount every day, that I may test them. So again, so he's going to give them the free bread, the manna from heaven, but still there's going to be some obedience involved. There's a certain way they have to do it, um, that I may test them. Right. The whole point of the manna is, is part of a test whether they will walk in my law or not, whether right. they will be in my kingdom or or Satan's kingdom, really. Because if you're not in God's kingdom, you're in Satan's kingdom by default. Yeah, and, and I guess maybe uh, that's what the final test is with the mark of the beast. Like yeah, you, it's a similar oh, you thing. Know, it's Satan's test. Uh, it's really God's test, right, to see who will. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather daily. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you mana from heaven every day, except mm-hmm. not on Saturday, not on the seventh day, and yeah. I'll give you twice as, but I'll give you twice as much on the sixth day. Yeah. So you just got to pay attention and follow the rules, <laughs> as this is a test. And see, this is before, right before Mount Sinai, the deliverance of the Ten Commandments and all that stuff. But this is before that right so that's not they, they don't know about the sabbath they don't know any of this stuff but this is like a little pre-test before the big event right a little uh warm this is the warm-up mm-hmm. let's see if you can you know do this friday and saturday thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, all right, so moses, collect food yeah you know so so moses and aaron said to all the children of israel at evening you shall know that the lord has brought you out from the land of Egypt, which they should have known already because it just happened. (laughs) And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord because he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we 
that you murmur against us. Then Moses said, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in the morning to satisfy. For the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, Moses and Aaron, but against the Lord. But they are kind of blaming Moses and Aaron for leading them out. But it's like, no, you're you're right, complaining but, against God. Well, they were complaining to God and not really them. They were just the intercessor in the middle who was yeah. talking to God and then telling them what to do. But yeah, they should have known by now, right? They've had 13 or 14 miracles by now. A lot, yeah. But that's, you know, that's, I think this is part of revealing human nature, just the utter hopelessness of, of, <laughs> of human nature, the sin, you know, the slavery yeah, to God sin. We're slaves thought, to sin. Well, yes, but God must have thought they could be better, right? He, well, he, I don't know. He's testing them. He's testing them, so he's he's checking it out. He, he knows what's going on, but he's he's te he knows how the test is going to work out, right? He knows yeah. what's going to happen. But he's testing them. You could almost see he's training them, training them to be warriors, to be priests in his kingdom. You know, not like Catholic priests, yeah. like a like yeah. a, a member of his kingdom is a priest to to uh, shine light to the nations around them. Yeah, um, he's starting with these, just like he started with Abraham. Now he's starting again with these people. So he's got to kind of train them. It's basic training is what this is here. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to all the congregation, oh, the congregation of the children of Israel, like a church, right? Yeah. An assembly, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. Okay, so now the people are uh, just curious, um, congregation. So, uh, so as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and indeed the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The glory, glory, some light, I'd imagine, some kind of light. You think that um, happens now at all? Like his glory appears in the cloud somewhere? Not literally in the clouds, but people people do sometimes see the glory of the Lord. Hmm. It's hard to describe. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, In the evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. All right, so in the so in the evening, the quail came up and covered the camp. And then in the morning, a layer of dew was surrounding the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated on the surface of the wilderness, there lay a small flaky thing, <laughs> as fine as the frost on the ground. Wow. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? <laughs> or they did not know what it was. And I think that's where the word mana comes from. It's in the Hebrew. It's similar to like, what, what is that? That's kind of yeah. what that name means. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Or fruit. I think bread could also be food because um, it's not really bread, right? It's food. No, it just tasted um, like a uh, sweet wafer. So they, yeah, bread is something. This they is what the Lord has in the yeah. ark. The, oh yeah, later we're going to see that yeah. soon. This is what the Lord has commanded. Every man is to gather of it. So so okay. So here's the bread, but there's kind of a certain way to collect it. Yeah. Every man is to gather of it according to what he will eat. And Omer for every man according to the number of your people. Every man should take for them. 
for whoever lives in his tent. All right. So kind of gathering it for your family, I guess. Yeah. Um, the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So they do have to go out and do some work, right, to gather yeah. this food. Right. Um, when they measured it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing left over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to what he could eat. Moses said to them, let no man leave any of it until the morning. Okay. So there, but we're going to see people not do that. But nice um, snack. Yeah. Cause see, now you see people are getting a little, they're going to get a little greedy. They're going to try yeah. to cut corners. However, they did not. Oh, look at this. However, they did not listen to Moses and some of them left part of it until the morning, like right away. Yeah. They didn't listen to Moses, but that's, there's human nature right there. Right. But I don't, we can't keep explaining human nature for every little stupid thing that they do when they're right there with God. So it's different when mm. we kind of read and we have to have faith and believe based on our experiences. But these guys were like there. They always show how, like, because then they they do the Mount Sinai, they do the the old covenant, right? The Ten Commandments, all this stuff. And they continually show how the Israelites break the covenant over and Every over and day. over but in a way you know that's why we need jesus right yeah See, if they could be per perfectly obedient then adam would have been obedient and none of this would have happened right we know they're not going to be perfectly obedient that's the whole point of the entire bible that we cannot but that they I think so. I mean, this, this, like this human nature is pretty is it's it's uh pretty it's sick like we're sick. Then why do we expect anything good to come out of even more people today than what these guys started out like? Well, we need we need uh, salvation, right? There's yeah. uh, you know, people couldn't obey. Put they did not listen to Moses. That's that's the story of the Old Testament right there. Yeah. That's the story of humanity. Well, Jesus even says, they right? Didn't listen to God because Jesus said that you didn't you, you didn't listen to Moses, why would you listen to me? <laughs> he actually says that, right? Yeah. So uh, they killed Jesus. Jesus came, and they killed him. Yeah, the same people so, who got manna. Jesus, so here they had the angel of God doing all these things, and then they actually had Jesus standing right in front of them. The greatest uh, manifestation of God on earth, walking around with them, performing miracles, healing people, saying all these things, and they killed him. In the end. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's yeah, the, the, the same people. It's the same. The rebellious human heart. Yeah, yeah, no, human human nature. That's Well, it's the, fall, it's the fallen human nature, you know, the disobedience. Right. So I think that's, you know, that's part of what this is, is revealing the uh, the extent of uh, how how stubborn human beings can really be. It's not easy to get us to follow God, you know. It took no it took what, the death. Even when Jesus, God is there. God, he had to send his son to die yeah. for us. That was it. That's the only way. See, the law has to be written on our hearts, right? The law to obey God, the the desire to obey God. Um, well, I feel like they must think it's a burden to follow God's command. That's why they couldn't do it. There's no other reason because they had everything. So now they got food coming out of the sky, and they must have felt that that wasn't good enough even then oh yeah they do yeah yeah, yeah. so so anyway so this so they did not listen to moses and some of them left part of it until the morning see that's part and part of that too is they didn't trust see the next morning god was going to do it all over again right 
Yeah. So it's part of, maybe they didn't trust. See, that's that's yeah, what really upsets did. God. He's like, people don't trust God. Right. Okay, he gave us all this food today, but I don't know if he's going to do that tomorrow. I better <laughs> leave some of it until morning. I better save some of this because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's no, there's not going to be any food tomorrow. So I got to save some mana for tomorrow so I don't go hungry tomorrow. But guess what? People still are doing that now. And, no, and that, exactly. Yeah. Fear all the time, which is it's fear. Is fear? Yeah. Fear caused that, right? Fear. Yeah. I got caught up in it, and now I regretted it because I I realized that this is what is telling us that you know no matter what the situation is, it's God's responsibility to provide. That's his. That's what he's yeah. job to do on your behalf. These guys were see see they left Egypt right. Egypt they had food, yeah, they had bread and. They had they had it made, <laughs> but it was Pharaoh who was providing that. So that's the difference. What I've been saying yeah. all along that yeah. both Satan and God will provide, <laughs> yeah. right? So they at that time they said, "Oh, we had guaranteed stuff from Pharaoh, even though we were slaves." But it's not guaranteed that God will provide every day, which doesn't look like what Pharaoh gave them. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a good point. Yeah, so. Uh... Yeah, I was just going to say something, but then my cat came. You can see the cat back there for people uh -huh. who want to look at a cat. That one's golden. <laughs> His peanut. He's in the corner. He's by the light, that little light in the back. He's right next yeah, to Yeah, but him. he's licking himself. He's licking himself. He's grooming, yeah. <laughs> what they anyway. Do. So, yeah, this is this is pretty deep, actually, if you think about it. The uh, the fear, right? Fear and, and these and these guys were kind of you know they just left a somewhat traumatic experience. They they went through a major event, right? Yeah, um, it was hardship on them, no doubt. And so they're they're on the run. They have no they have no visible, you know. They're it's a whole new experience. It's like they don't have any there's no food. Stores. Yeah, they're in the wilderness. There's no food. There's no water. Yeah, there's no grocery stores. No bank account. No internet. <laughs> no internet. Which is, I mean, the worst thing of all. <laughs> no comfort whatsoever. They were sleeping nothing. on a No smartphone. Yeah, no, no smartphone. cell phone. They had nothing. Nothing. Although they did, remember, they did plunder the Egyptians, so they have some gold and all that stuff. But, yeah, but what uh, good is gold and jewels when you're hungry? Nothing to buy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So so they're kind of uh, in a whole new situation. Yeah, on my... So I was thinking they they didn't just disobey Moses for the sake of being disobedient. It's because of uh, yeah, because they didn't trust what God and what Moses were saying. Yeah, they I were worried about their food. Yeah, yeah, it's fear, right? So so and then it, so uh, it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to what he could eat. And when the sun got hot, it melted. Mm -hmm. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers per man, and all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. What is omers? Six pounds? Uh, six pounds, maybe, yeah. Six pounds of bread, huh? Of mana. But it's, it sounds like it's for their family as well. Well, it says per man. For their family, that would make more sense because you can't eat six pounds in a day. Yeah, well, sometimes they don't know exactly, um, you know, how much an omer really is. Some of these measurements, they may be different than what we think. Likely, this is likely six pounds. So anyway, it would yeah, be maybe. somewhere between four to six something heavy all right it's they it sounds so it sounds like they have some kind of leaders of the congregation right like who are these people the leaders of the congregation yeah. he said to them this is what the lord has said tomorrow is the sabbath 
a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and boil that you will boil, and all that which remains over lay up for yourselves to be kept until the morning. So it's funny because right before this, they said, don't keep any until the morning, right? And it's going to stink. But now they're saying, keep some for tomorrow. So it's this one day they have to do something. They're not supposed to do this on the other days. And if you do it on the other days, it's going to stink the next day. So so now they're like, it's almost like a psyop. Now it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you just told me not to do this, and now you're telling me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one day they could have that instructions. Kind of interesting that they could have boiled this stuff. Or they, it says uh, you you can bake it and boil it. So they can bake with this stuff, like bread, flour in a way? Yeah, you know, there now there is something in the desert of this area. It's like a little like lice uh, or something, some bacterial thing that some people want to have a natural explanation of the mana, you know? Yeah. So there, there is like dew and then there is something that remains. But what we're reading about here is much goes beyond that that yeah, it, it goes beyond any natural yeah it, it goes it goes beyond any natural bacterial or natural phenomenon and also sure, um, because they put this stuff in the ark forever it's still there. yeah and also on this this like the sabbath it does not stink on the sabbath but so normally it does supernatural now now what do you think like a lot of the uh there's a lot of debate amongst the hebrew roots kind of people about can you or even the jews right I don't think they cook on the Sabbath, the the real strict ones, you know, on on Saturday. So when you read this, do you get the sense they're not allowed to cook on the Sabbath? Or how do you, how how would you explain this passage? No, they can cook because it's, well, okay, that you will bake today and boil that you boil. All that remains for yourself to be kept until the morning. Well, here is kind of a little bit more strict, right? They're not allowed to cook on saturday well where, where does it say that because the way they okay so tomorrow is sabbath the holy sabbath to the lord bake that you will bake today so they had to do all the cooking and the boiling uh, that day i don't know if it says that what do you mean I, well i tell you how what i think what i think this means so this would be like friday right yeah so so he's saying this on a friday because he says tomorrow is the Sabbath, right? So he's talking to them on a Friday. So he says tomorrow is the Sabbath. Today on Friday, bake that you will bake. Bake some of it. Bake some of bake some of it today that you're going to eat today. Bake the part of it you're going to eat today, or boil. Cook cook the cook the amount you're going to eat for today, and that which remains over that you have not cooked yet tomorrow you can cook it. That's what the way I read this is: bake some of it bake that which you will bake today i think that's talking about bake some of it because it's bake that which bake part of it today yeah and the rest of it you're going to bake tomorrow okay. see it doesn't say bake all of it it doesn't say bake all of it today it says bake a part of it today yeah, that's basically what that, that means right into it too um, no, i think that's what it actually said otherwise it would say bake it all today well no because you can read it both ways so here's like you bake what you will bake today and boil that you will boil and that which remains over which could be cooked already no no i think it means the stuff that you did not bake or boil yet the stuff you did not well, this, cook this, the stuff yeah. that remains but uh-huh. before that it's like bake that which you will bake well if it's all of it then why are they saying it like that well, what's going to happen to the stuff they didn't cook it, it goes rotten. If you look at verse 24, see, 
Right before this, in 22, verse 20, they left some of it till morning and it bred worms and stank, right? Verse 20. So what's going to happen now, and that's uncooked. It doesn't say if that's uncooked or not. I guess that, I guess uh, we don't know, do we? Um, But they left some of it over till morning and it bred worms and stank, right? So then uh, verse 24, I think, did we? They laid it up until the morning, just as Moses commanded, it did not stink nor was there any worm in it. Yeah, so it did not stink, nor there was any worm in it. So um, they expected it to stink, right? Because that's what happened before, but it did not. I think it's, see, bake that which you will bake means to bake part of it. Is there another way to read this with a different translation just to see? No, that's basically what most of them say. Okay, so then Um, we don't really have a clear answer because... People were going to read into it. I think, no, I, I, because the tradition is that you don't cook on Sabbath. That's the human tradition. Got those glasses on, the human tradition glasses, and they're reading it through that lens. They're not carefully analyzing or thinking about the context. But we have and, a difference. And what it actually says. Which said it was okay to cook on Sabbath. They don't yeah, have- I believe it. Because there, there's another verse later on, don't even kindle a fire and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, but this is one of the verses of the Sabbath cooking debate but i think this is saying cook some of it cook friday's portion on friday leave leave the rest and then cook it tomorrow well, that cook part is not clear from this last sentence whether this is well, uncooked yeah. or if it's uncooked that they can recook but i but right see right before that i think it's saying bake it doesn't say bake all of it, it says bake that which you will bake which means bake some of it okay so that, I can that's what that means that. yeah you get that yeah, but I think part of it today, and that and which remains that that which remains is that which you did not cook yet. So okay, it, so it implies no, it doesn't that. say they cook it on Sabbath, but it implies it implies they're going to cook the rest later. So, so they anyway, that's just my on view. the Sabbath day to cook their food, basically. I think so. I think they can cook on the Sabbath. Yeah, because that's because work work is kind of different. Work is you know leaving the house, going out, doing something, but cooking is a uh, yeah, it is it's something you actually, it takes physical effort to do it, but it's not considered uh, work per se, you know. So so anyway, so they laid it up until the morning, just as Moses commandment commanded, and it did not stink, nor was there any worm in it. See, that's supernatural right there, right? Yeah. That's uh, supernatural. Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day... The Sabbath, there will be none. And also, also, this shows here what day is the does the Sabbath begin? Friday night or or Saturday morning? From this passage we just read, <laughs> Saturday morning. Because when's the Sabbath? Gather it on this, but on the seventh day. That's the seventh day. So if we go back up to um, verse twenty-three, based on verse twenty-three, tomorrow is Sabbath. So when is the Sabbath? Saturday. Does it start? Does it start Friday evening? No. right well i was in agreement with you on that but a lot of people a lot of people most 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 hebrew roots people think that so you know i'm not hebrew roots right but they they are and they think they're doing it right but they're not even doing it it's not even hebrew roots (laughs) it's it's also judaism too. Yeah, yeah. See, that's human. That's man-made tradition, right? It's not and the Seventh Day Adventists. All those people. 
Although I don't yes, know if Seventh Day yeah. Adventist done it in the evening. I think there may be. I don't know. But either way, tomorrow is the Sabbath, right? Tomorrow yeah. is the Sabbath, and and then go down to or twenty five. They laid it until morning. Now it's morning. The next day, and then he says the next day, which would be then he says today is the Sabbath, right? Yeah. So again, confirming on Friday, he says tomorrow is the Sabbath. Morning comes the next day. He says today is the Sabbath. So it cannot be Friday night. No. Cannot be. Mention right? it anyway. I mean, am I missing it. something? <laughs> no, it, it's right now. It's day. Um, there's and no it's morning. It, it says it's the, the evening. Yeah, it's the well, next morning he's saying important, that. If, if that was even important to start the Sabbath in the evening, it would have been mentioned right here because he's giving the yeah. Israelites specific instructions more than any other time this is the time to get it right right because they can't mess up they would have to yeah. know god is expecting of them so if it was from evening till the next evening i think moses would have said so like tonight you yeah. start no more work and he didn't do that so I, and this is the morning he's literally saying this the next morning he's yeah. saying today is the sabbath so sabbath is in the daytime don't work. Well, not only that, God always made a point in the first chapter of Genesis, there was evening and then there was morning. So if there was a separation between the day, I think Moses would have been instructing them to separate. Yeah, but yeah and he said in the, in the daytime is when it's light out. It says that in, in Genesis 1. You know, yeah. when, when it's bright outside, we call that a day. When it's nighttime, we call that the nighttime. When it's dark. You know, right. so uh, so anyway, there, I just it's just baffling sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm following you here. I think yeah, um, you it's know what you say. It's here, human tradition. Nobody yeah. examines it. That's the thing. Nobody takes a look and questions human tradition because you'll be kind of ostracized. You're not going to have any friends <laughs> like me. Oh, really? You just got to follow <laughs> the book when they when they make up their own rules based on this. This is why they splintered off into so many yeah. things. You know. Because they're trying to be ritual yeah. rather than what the Spirit is telling them to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath there will be none. Okay, on the seventh day, right? A day, what is a day? A day is when the sun's out and it's bright. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, should we? Look, I mean, should we look at that again? Let's look, go to this, just to, for all the uh, people out there, Genesis. See, part of it's, uh, what do you call that? Um, cognitive dissonance, right? Genesis, go to Genesis 1. Cognitive dissonance, verse 5, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There you go. Any questions? Good evening and morning, we're the first day. <laughs> so when it's light, it's called day. That's irrelevant, really. The, re the rest of it is just the thing they put at the end. And it's not talking about anything, you know. Um, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So what is called day? What What is the day? which is yom but you know darkness there is about 80 percent of people who think no evening and morning those are different words evening evening is dusk and morning is dawn so there's four parts of the day there's day there's night there's evening there's morning and if you combine them all together that's also the first day all right well let's not go back because that might confuse <laughs> all right. people are reading people are reading into the text stuff that's not there these disagreements will point, continue though. regardless of what i say all right so um verse 27 yeah. it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather but they found nothing so why did they go out on the seventh day to gather they were just told not to do that right 
some of the people so i guess some are unbeliever just like now yeah they're going to do it their own way they know better than god right they right. know better i'm going to do it my way <laughs> it happened that's okay so they went out on the seventh day to gather but they found nothing which is what basically they were told would happen and maybe maybe they didn't keep uh they didn't save anything for saturday that's that's a good that's a good possibility right they may maybe they ate it all on friday because they, they just have. thought, well, there'll be more tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> then, then the Lord's, because why would they go out to gather? Probably because they didn't have any left. They didn't leave yeah. any over. Well, yeah, or they thought they need to keep hoarding more as they Yeah, gather. yeah. See, the whole thing, they're totally dependent on God completely yeah. for food, for water, for everything. They're not self-sufficient. No. They're completely dependent on God. Kind of helpless. Well, that's almost, just it. Right? We're like children. Like children. Can we really be self-sufficient? Not really. I mean, yeah, God created us and created the trees and the vegetables and the food, and right? Um, yeah, so. but he allows us to gather and plant and do all of that. But he could easily. But sometimes, you know, when we achieve things, like say you go, you're out, you, you're successful, you go out and you make a lot of money or something, there's a real temptation to say, look what I did. <laughs> no, that happened right? and you did i mean it's like you know sometimes you do achieve something through effort yeah. and hard work and then you're like yes look what i did look how great i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i always uh, when i see like superstars uh like athletes all the hard work that they do to win their competitions you know mm. that is like some human achievement the level of skill and what they do to and when they finally get their award, they're on the medals and, you know, it must feel pretty great when they're finally at that moment. So who yeah. wants it for them? Is it them or is it God? Well, some of them thank God for that. Yeah. But, um, but there's a lot of propaganda about this human achievement thing. I think that's part of it. They all, they want us to forget about God Yeah. and almost worship and idolize. It's idolatry. They want us to idolize human achievement. That's oh, yeah. Lot. That's, you know. So yeah. that's our culture. Culture is based on uh, celebrity and greatness, human achievement culture, yeah. right? There's well, a, this, is, this is the opposite of that. I, I don't know if it was in Dubai or some other place like that. They had this exhibition where they can make your picture like life-size, 300 feet tall kind of thing, you know, building tall images. So they were able to put up these images of like great men of athletes and actors, whoever. And you could pay to get yourself in the life size too. So they were making these more and more like super tall, superhuman man worship kind of thing. Is yeah, that that's idolatry. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. worshiping the creation and not the creator. Right. So we see that first, over uh, the next verse, verse 28. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. You see, that's a gift, right? The Sabbath yeah. is a gift. For them to rest, right? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah take a day off. God and, maybe. and there was some effort involved, it sounds like, to go out and get the mana. Yeah. I don't know how long it took, you know, maybe in a couple well, we hours. Well, we know it's at least six pounds per person, at least. So, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. They probably, probably, and, and they're maybe they're kind of small, right? Each thing was small. Yeah. Each piece of mana was maybe kind of small, so they had to get a lot of it. Well, it sounded like it was flakes, you know, like dew that yeah made into flakes, like um, some kind of flower or something. It's interesting how God is kind of uh, yelling at Moses 
<laughs> even though even the Moses himself didn't break the commandment, but he's yeah. the he's the rep he's the intermediary, the representative head of these people, kind of he's in charge. And uh, see, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now, does that mean they're locked down? They're not allowed to go outside their house? No. I think it was just time for themselves, <laughs> right, to be free from work. Because they have a lot of rules about, uh, also, the, they invented a lot of rules about, you know, you can't go outside or you, you must stay inside your house. I wonder if they know, got the on... lockdown message from this <laughs> chapter. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I think in context, it's saying remain in your place instead of going out and gathering the bread. It doesn't mean literally you're commanded to stay inside your house all day long necessarily it's kind I'm of wondering if ritualistically they created the lockdown to kind of like be satan sabbath you know it, it's a it's an obedience thing yeah it's it's yeah. an obedience like they, they gave us commandments right mandates right. commandments and we were supposed to obey their commandments absolutely well i also slowed down the economy the purpose was i think i heard one of the podcasts someone else's podcast that they wanted to slow down the world's production because they were it's going too fast too many people too fast of all this economic activity they feared it would deplete the earth so it was a way for them to shut down production and slow it down a little bit i don't know if that worked or not i don't think it did but that was no that's not i don't think that's the real reason that's the uh, that's the uh that's what they want us to think well this was off alternative media i mean i i think there's yeah. a lot of factors that the globalists are running the world as if they can slow and speed up the world as they wish just like now they have a dial on earth yeah well they do they do with interest rates do that and the price of oil does that anyway yeah and now they're getting yeah. rid of all carbon-based oil production they want to go to electric anyway yeah back all to right. the sabbath all right so the people rested on the seventh day Okay, so notice it's not it does it doesn't have a lot of specific rules really about the Sabbath, right? The people rested. That's the main thing. Well, but that then, was the purpose. you know, Judaism. Well, they're going to talk more about. See, this is before Mount Sinai, right? So yeah. I think it, it's a test. They just told us this is a test because they're not ready really yet for the Ten Commandments. This is one commandment. And they're they're not really ready for it. They're kind of it's a test. It's a test run, and they're mm -hmm. they're just learning how to follow commandments slowly. Um, it's a rest on the seventh day. I mean, that's a it's a gift to rest on the yeah. seventh day, based on the day seven of creation. See, the point is it uh, you it's a memorial to the seventh day of creation, and then the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, it talks about how it's uh, it's kind of an eternal rest in Christ. It but, is. Um, it was the one day that was a holy day marked by God and given as well. Yeah. So some of these commandments, like, yeah, so it's remember the Sabbath is remember the seventh day Sabbath, not necessarily the week. See, I don't think for us it's a weekly Sabbath necessarily anymore, we although we certainly can. Sabbath. The seventh, the weekly Sabbath, the first Sabbath was on, on the seventh day of creation. You're saying one it was a one event. Saturday, the Sabbath. Yeah, the, fir the very first Sabbath was that day that God rested. Yeah. But here, here it's the first time. And they're initiating a uh, a weekly every week. What's wrong with that? So I think in the book, uh, well, I think in the book of Hebrews, it uh, it gets away from the weekly Sabbath. 
and goes to the uh, more back to an eternal what the original seventh day sabbath on the seventh day of creation after, what that really represented after jesus um i do believe sabbath is to rest in him so he fulfilled yeah fulfilled it yeah not just on one day a week right but also it was really for us not to work too hard and not work every single day right it was a gift it's a gift it is a gift yeah yeah, yeah. so that part still should be kept right that's why we work five days a week and get weekends off so they're actually giving us two days to work yeah you know, it's our choice yeah, yeah i mean at some point they um it was changed to the lord's day which uh, it's a bit unclear when exactly that happened or why but it's uh the, the sabbath changed to sunday it's not in the bible to do that you know it, at some no. point in church history that happened probably kind of well, early on They've changed a lot of things. So I think biblically, yeah. uh, um, God ordained one day to be Lord's Day, the rest day, the Sabbath day. Part of it's because uh, it's a whole new era. When Jesus came, that that it was a whole new era, a whole new chapter. Well, um, I think they changed the it the world. Sunday to kind of honor Jesus, right? He resurrected. Yeah, yeah. To to and uh, and also kind of to. Um, commemorate the uh the new new chapter in salvation history the new covenant it's the new covenant the which was the law and the prophets pointed to jesus jesus fulfilled the not just the law but the law and the prophets the law was a prophecy about jesus so this is kind of pointing to jesus also right now right now this sabbath that they're doing right now pointed to yeah jesus. every book it all points to jesus to, somehow. Yeah. anyway let's keep going here before everyone gets too angry <laughs> everything we say is like controversial right and, and that's okay that's the way it is you know the house of israel named it mana and it was like coriander seed and was white and it in its taste was like wafers made with honey See, and moses said talking about before yeah yeah it's not some bacteria growing off the ground it was a special that's what the that's what the atheists say yeah, whatever. But for us, we know it's supernatural bread. Look like coriander seeds. I don't know. You ever, you ever seen coriander seeds? Not really. No. They're little tiny things. Coriander seeds was, and was white and it tasted like wafer. So that little tiny thing, which came out of the dew and it dried up. And, you know, like they would have to collect a lot if they're collecting pounds of this stuff. Because coriander seed is really small. See how well, small they have, they yeah, they have photos of the uh, thing that they get in the uh, desert there, whatever it is. Look how many, and this stuff is not heavy at all. So like pounds of this stuff that dried up every day, flaky stuff, and it tasted like wafer and honey. I think that in itself is somewhat supernatural. It cannot be man-made that the way this is described. So they're small. So each piece of mana was quite small. Yeah. Uh, that's So it would have taken them a while to... To collect pounds. Collect enough. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like it tasted okay, right? Yeah, it tasted great. Honey's honey tastes good. People yeah. like honey. Wafers with honey. This, and then they have the, the quail at night, so they're well yeah. fed, really, actually. So they had kind of like sweet bread and meat. Ah. Awesome meal. You know what I just thought of? Now they want us to eat insects. To oh, eat yeah, insect yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Nowadays, the, uh, yeah. the pharaoh. The pharaoh wants us to eat. Bugs. Pharaoh wants the slaves to eat bugs, just yeah. like here they're eating mana. 
Right. They're, they're going to give us their mana. The satanic <gasps> mana will be the yes, bugs. Yes. <laughs> that is so spot on. I never even thought of that. But you're right on that one. They're picking. So God has given us something sweet and wholesome, but Satan's given them bugs. Yeah. So we're completely dependent on them, right? On obedient. Yeah. Right. They want, they want to do their own Ten Commandment kind of thing, right? I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're ten commandments. They, they want to imitate God. They're, they they want to be the gods, right? They're going to imitate God. I hope you guys remember that one there. I think that was a good it popped in my head now. First time I ever thought of that. Yeah. Um, it's the Holy Spirit making that connection. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's yeah. the angel of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then, uh, then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations to come so that they may see the bread. That I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Yeah. So yes, because the after this stint in the desert finishes, they won't need, you know, they won't have the mana anymore. But people uh, you know, they so, might not believe the story. But now I wonder what happened. This I think the whole ark was vanished at some point. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think we're ever gonna find it. I think it's gone somewhere, you know. Well, I mean it must be somewhere, but it's no, it will come back because I don't think the ark so. has supernatural curses with it. So that's why they, the person who stole it or the tribe, they had to give it back because it was. Yeah, but it vanished at some point. And I think, um, yeah. I think it's obsolete now with Jesus, like Jesus no, fulfilled the that, ark as well. No, the ark is going, to, <laughs> no, the ark is going to be there because that's. And I think I think they actually talk about what happens to the ark later. Well, it, yeah, we'll get. Let's heaven. talk about. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll let's talk about that later when we get yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, but it is interesting. So here it says Moses said to Aaron, "Take a pot and put an omer full of manna in it, and place it before the Lord, to be kept for generations to come." And then it says here, "As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept." So, like, what is that? Where where did he place this jar? Or this pot of mana. What do you mean? Well, there's no ark yet. I know they put it there's, in. There's the no ark. There's no ark yet at yeah. this point right now in this story. The ark does not exist yet. They hadn't made the ark yet. Oh, yeah. Right. They do put it in the ark later on. But, but they had belongings with them. They, they, they took a lot of stuff out of Egypt. So they probably yeah. put it in their pot for now. Well, they put it in a pot, and then he says, "Put it before the place it before the Lord." Like, where is that? And then put it before the test. What does testimony mean? Placed it. Before See that testimony. The, the testimony. It almost sounds like they're talking about putting it in the ark now, but the ark doesn't exist yet. And the testimony sounds like the Ten Commandments. That you know, because they did also put the tablets of stone. Maybe he's saying. Um, maybe he's saying later on. Maybe this is. Talking about what they did later on, this he put it in the ark. The Lord, which is Lord, the Lord presence of the Lord was in the in the uh, tabernacle. Well, he was the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud at this point. There was yeah. no tabernacle. But I'm just wondering, like, where would you place it? It could be that um, this is talking about something that happened later. That's that's quite possible because because the ark didn't exist yet. It sounds like to me like right here they're explaining how they put it in the ark. Yeah, but because the ark didn't exist yet. Forty years, so I think this is now looking forward and not. Maybe and yeah, maybe they're talking about so so they did this a little bit later, quite yeah, possibly. Because right? if you read the next sentence, it's time dating it now. 
So the yeah. Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to place it before the testimony to be kept, which I think the testimony probably means the ark. Well, think, or, or the or the Ten Commandments, which were also put in the ark. Right. But um, they both had a home in the ark, right? Yeah, but later but, on. Now, yeah. So may, maybe this is a little bit out of sequence, and they're jumping ahead a little bit to explain this. Well, the, they did jump uh, forward because they said the children of Israel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Years until they came to the inhabited land. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Well, that explains what an omer is. What is ephah? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, it's it not yeah, in your my, dic dictionary? No, it is. My, my note says an ephah was about three-fifths of a bushel, or 22 liters. 22 liters? Yeah, an omer is a tenth part of an ephah. So it's a two liters. It's about two two liters. An omer is about two liters, according to my footnote. So two liters. An ephah is 22 liters, and an omer is one-tenth of that, 2.2 2 yeah. liters. Okay, sounds yeah. good to me. So that's still a lot. You know a liter is a lot, right? One liter? Yeah, it's like a bottle of water, right? A big bottle of water. Yeah. A big one. All right. So we'll All just right. stop here. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you.